Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Hey, Jay Marsh here. It's great to be with you today. I want to welcome you to this episode of Your Blessed Life. Well, I want to get right into today's show, and I want to introduce you to today's featured guest. So, Bless Nation, meet Phil Potts. So, Phil is originally from Western New York. He and his wife, Shannon, they currently live in Alabama with their three boys. And before we get into, well, I guess the background of Phil, uh, I'm going to let him explain it. So, let me set it up for him. So Phil has an optometry background, but over the last few years, he has transitioned into really an author and a men's marriage coach. Phil, would you take it from here? Would you share with us about that transition? Yeah, Jay, I actually spent over 20 years of my life pursuing and practicing optometry. My wife is also an optometrist, and we had our own private practice clinic. We worked there together for many years, and then we both just started feeling uneasy about what we were doing. We both started feeling just this dissatisfaction, and through prayer, realized that that was actually from God. We were not doing what he intended for us to do. He had a different plan in mind. And so we began searching and I worked with some mentors and we began praying together and it took about five years. And that was a struggle. That was a difficult path, but we ended up where we are today. And yes, some people call this crazy, but we left optometry. We're not doing that anymore. And I'm now just absolutely thrilled to be working with men in marriages and writing about it and speaking about it. And it is what God intended for me to do. And I now have that joy and that fulfillment that comes when we work in the way that he plans for us to work in the way that he created us to work. So it's been great. Yeah, that that's a cool story. I think they're like myself. I think folks can relate to that. Um, just whether they're moving from, um, department to department within their job, job to job, or even from job to business or job to ministry. I think, I think folks can relate to that. And one of the things that I relate to you on Phil, and and I guess it's more of a resonating with me is that you position yourself to ask really powerful questions. And I know the men that you coach, you do too, because I'm reading your book, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. And then that leads to really positively impacting your marriage or the marriages of those guys that you coach because you challenge them you encourage them and ultimately they're moving into really creating that that marriage that they've imagined that they could have. So I know how fulfilling that is and I applaud you for for doing that. Thanks. So I want to I want to kind of backtrack just a second. So I'm reading your book Habits of Heroic Husbands and I'm really enjoying it. And I have I'm about halfway through it and I have it in my hand right here and I have more pages than not with highlighter and notes on it. So for me, anytime I can write in a book, that means, you know, notes and highlights, that means there's a lot of stuff that's connected with me. So um, I, you know what I hope, I hope we get the opportunity to come back and maybe talk about just some teaching points from the book. Sure. Yeah. Just, I'm just going to plant that seed with you. No pressure, but I'm going <laughs> to, <Nope. laughs> 
I'm going to just throw that out there now because I, I've got so much that I want to talk with you about right now. And I'm going to start off with asking you kind of a, kind of a fun question, you know, so I know when, when you do interviews on a show, um, of course, folks want to get to know you, all those things that we just talked about, but I want to know something that maybe not everyone knows about Phil. I don't know if it's a fun fact or a hidden talent, but something that not everyone knows about Phil or, or it's someone that knows you so well, only a few people know about it. You have something like that you'd share with us? <laughs> sure. Uh, oh man, oh, th- this is, there's a long list here, Jay. <laughs> How about the fact that, all right, I love ping pong. Most people don't know that. It's not the coolest sport. I love ping pong. And anytime I get a chance to play it, I will play it. I grew up with a table in my basement and haven't gotten to play much in the last 20 years. But if I can find a table, I'll, I'll see you there. Let's play. Oh, well, so if you've been playing it for that long, I'm going to make an assumption that you're pretty good at it. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I have a good time with it. There's no doubt. Cool. Well, that's, hey, thanks for sharing that. That is a fun fact. Um, <laughs> ping pong. I like to play ping pong myself, but I would not say I'm any good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as, as fun as it is to get to learn stuff about you, Phil, um, I'm probably more excited about learning this next round of stuff because I want to get to know you from the inside out. And what I really want to talk about is things that have to do with your daily personal walk in Christ. And I know that's personal stuff. Can we, can we dive into that? Always. That's what matters. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Well, I want to hit on these three major areas, Phil, you know, faith, hope, and promise. And then at the end, we'll sprinkle in a few nuggets of wisdom in. So with that said, I want to start with this faith pillar. So in, in, in life, you know, struggles are always coming at us all the time. I've come to learn that in those struggles, there's an opportunity for God to really do a mighty work in our life. And so I want to ask you if you would tell us about a time when maybe your faith was stretched, maybe when your faith was challenged, kind of a proverbial pit story, if you will, um, you have a story like that that comes to mind? Oh, absolutely. I've got a bunch of stretches. <laughs> I surely do. The one that I'll share that is very closely related to my marriage and what we're discussing today, I was invited a little over 10 years ago by a good friend to attend a Chick-fil-A marriage retreat. And my wife and I didn't know anything about this event. Our friend was an owner-operator with Chick-fil-A. We knew we liked the company and we were close with these people and we decided to go. I thought it would just be fun to get away. And that weekend, I don't remember anything that happened the whole weekend. I remember some of the food. I remember the beautiful scenery. I remember a few fun conversations with our friends. But as far as the actual event, I don't remember anything except for one question. There was one question that was asked throughout that weekend, and it was this. If you were to rank your marriage on a 1 to 10 scale, what would you give it? And I paused, and I thought about that, and I gave us a 7. I thought that Shannon and I had a better-than-average relationship. I thought that it was not perfect, but certainly Mm -hmm. not struggling. And a little while later, I got to see Shannon's, and Shannon had actually given us a 4 out of 10. Oh, my. And it's a stark difference that I'm a competitive person. I told you I like ping pong. I'm a competitive person in many ways, but to me, that's below average, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am. We have a struggling relationship and I actually 
asked her later, would you unpack that a little for me? Do you really think that we have a below average relationship? And she went on to tell me, Jay, that she actually was probably overstating that our relationship in her mind was probably more like a two or a three as opposed to uh, a seven. Yes. And we had one of those relationships that if you would have asked us six months after we got married, we would have probably given it a nine or a 10. We were just really over the moon for each other. And in a very short period of time, absolutely crashed. And that was a stretch my faith moment in a big, big way, because I for the first time perhaps in my married life, had an honest moment of reflection in the mirror and saw, I am not doing a good job as a husband, I do not have a good marriage, and I am not at all where I expected I would be when it came to my life and my relationship. Wow. So I have a couple of thoughts when I hear that. First off, that's a powerful, this goes back to just what I was saying and one of the things that resonates with me about you you ask powerful questions and here you are putting yourself out there asking a powerful question and you get an answer back that challenges you and then you rise to the challenge. And then here you are full circle with being a men's marriage coach. How, how, how cool is that about God working things all together for good? <laughs> Amen. It's so true. Yeah, he does. Well, so I want to ask you if, if you're, and tell me when you, first said, if you would have asked Shannon and I, when we got married, how our marriage was, we would have said a nine or 10. How far was that statement, if it had happened to the statement when y'all were at this Chick-fil-A marriage retreat, how many years had passed between that time? Yeah, I would guess that was about two years from the time of our peak to our crash was about two years. And I've actually learned that I'm not alone in that crash. There are a lot of couples that in those first two years really have a big pivot in where they began and then where they quickly end up. And I'm very much not alone in that, but we, we crashed and crashed hard. Yeah, that is so true. And, and I had no idea what you were going to say, but my, my, my gut feeling and my, my experience as a coach was thinking, you know, there's something um, consistent with about a two year frame where life starts to happen. Habits start to get established. The, the buzz of being a newlywed starts to wear off and we start to ask ourselves difficult questions and it's time for checkup. And that's exactly, it sounds like what happened with you guys. It is, but it took Shannon telling me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give any idea that I would have come to that conclusion because I probably would have just kept trucking along happily thinking that we were a seven for the rest of my life if God hadn't used Shannon to shake me up and wipe the fog off of that mirror and say, hey, buddy, not so much. We've got some work to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's an absolute um, gift that our wives have for us. I think it's a God given gift through our wives that our wives can give us that awareness and that understanding that us as men can only get from our wives and Mm -hmm. praise God that she was able to do that with you. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very cool. So if you go back to that time, what, and you're looking back and someone, a man, a married man that says, Hey, Phil, you know, so my wife and I, we just got married. And, you know, I heard that little story about what you said, what advice would you give me? So that when I get to that two-year mark, 
I don't have that same kind of a conversation with my wife and I'm not concerned or worried about us being a two, three or four. Yeah. What a great question. I would spend more time looking in the mirror, both as an individual and holding the hand of your wife. Because if I had done that in those first two years, it wouldn't have been a crash and burn wake up moment. I would have gradually at the beginning been able to see things start to come into the light things that we needed to address, things that we needed to work on, things that I needed to learn how to do and learn how to change. And I would have been able to do them in a much more comfortable manner earlier in that two-year process. And so it's about just knowing honestly, where are we and where do we stand? And I just strongly would recommend to that hypothetical individual, sit down with your wife on the couch and just ask her, how's our relationship? How do you feel that we are doing? Do you think that we're where you want to be or do you have dreams of more? And she'll tell you. And then you don't have to have that crash and burn moment like I experienced. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, Bless Nation, I'm going to give you just a little, I'm going to share a little insight with you because I remember reading that answer in your book. I mean, and it wasn't exactly word for word, but you talked about asking those difficult questions, you I think you called them duct tape moments, right? <laughs> yes. If What I've learned through doing it the wrong way a whole lot is that if I try to have that kind of a conversation, as soon as Shannon shares something with me that is confrontational in any way, if she is willing to honestly say, yeah, Phil, I'm not too happy with this, or I think this could be better or whatever. I get defensive. I get very defensive and I start trying to argue that it's okay. And so I learned very early that if that's going to be a productive time together, I have to ask an honest question and really try to put it out there in a calm way, in a non-confrontational way. And then I've got to take a piece of duct tape and I've got to put it over my mouth and I've got to just listen because she will share as long as I'm not trying to argue that I'm okay and be defensive. And then when I get away from that, I can process it, I can pray over it, and I can then take steps of action to try to do what we need to do to try to improve what she just put on the table. But going back and forth is never a productive thing because we always end up trying to defend our position and that's not going to help you move forward. Amen. And you know, I really feel like that was a bonus. You know, Blessed Nation, you didn't know we were going to get into some teaching from this from his book, but it's so relevant to your story. And I think it's relevant to the stories that are being created in the lives of couples that are in this, you know, say week one to year two of their marriage. So I'm so glad that we got to got to dive into that. And, and I want to kind of change gears just a little bit, Phil. I want to kind of come full circle and maybe we've alluded to it already, maybe not, we'll see, but I want to come full circle on this notion of faith as we move into a story of hope. And, you know, I've, I've learned that in, that in life, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a combination of seasons in our life. And although you just shared an incredible season of struggle of your faith, when you were talking about that story with your wife and, and, the, and the rating of your marriage, Fortunately for us, joy comes in the morning and you shared a little bit about that joy. I want to talk about hope, though, a more full version of hope. You know, our ultimate hope, of course, rests in the Lord. Oftentimes, he will give us glimpse 
of hope. He will give us uh, lifelines of hope to see through the other side, whatever that may be. And it gives us that hope for a brighter future. I would want to ask us, or I want to ask you rather, if you would share with us a time when your faith actually positioned you for a renewed hope and maybe even an eventual breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I like how you phrase that. Yes. Well, for the next couple of years after I had that crash and burn moment, I, it'd make for a great story if I just came away from that event and prayed God fix my marriage and woke up the next morning and we had jumped up to a 10 out of 10, but it just didn't work that way. We just spun our wheels, Jay. For the next couple of years, we just spun our wheels and my number went from a seven down to a two or a three. We just really crashed and burned. And it was a very, very big struggle for both of us. But then when the faith started moving to hope, I came across a teaching that kind of helped me see this in a picture. God actually works with us in a way that, yes, like you just said, he is all-powerful and we rely on him and it's because of him that we have that great time of of uh, breakthrough and so forth, but he requires things of us as well. And I had somebody say that it's like an airplane, that there are two wings on an airplane and the one side of the airplane wing is God's wing and the other side of the airplane, that wing, is my wing. And so I was spending those couple of years, God fix my marriage, God fix my marriage, but I was trying to get a plane off the ground with one wing. I wasn't doing my part. I wasn't upholding my end of the deal. But my breakthrough moment when my faith turned to hope was when I realized he's got his wing on that airplane, and if I get myself in gear and start taking steps of action, he's not going to let me down. And then I went to work. And then I started learning what is required of me to move from a two to a 10. And I started taking steps of action. And then we started getting some traction and getting it fast. And that really then put wind in my sails when I started to see the hope turn into reality. Yeah. So, you know, it's so fitting because if you think about Hebrews, if you think about the book of James, in both of those books, probably Hebrew the most, we, we see this constant reoccurring theme about faith and action, faith and action, and faith and action. And faith is all we need to be a card-carrying member of the body of Christ, and we're secured. Praise God for that. It's not a but, but there's an and that follows that. And then that faith, it, it's moving inside of us, and it yearns to get busy. And that's kind of what I see with this love and this commitment in your relationship with Shannon is now you had to put it to work and to show that, yes, this is important to me. And I want this to be more than a, well, I don't want it to be less than a 10. And then you got busy and that faith moved into hope as you started taking action. Is is that Am I making that up or does that sound right for you? <laughs> no, I think that's an excellent summary. It's about realizing that there's tremendous hope for me in realizing that I had some control. And it's not control in a bad way. A lot of times we think that that's a bad thing. You know, I want to be a control person. And that certainly can be misplaced. But there was hope in realizing that I had some control. God gave me some control. He gave me free will, to use that term, and in deciding the destiny, the destination of my marriage, and that I could choose to stay on the path that I was on, and I would happily coast into a life of 
mediocrity, or I could grab a hold of that wheel and do some hard work on my part and point my marriage in a direction of something fun and beautiful. And that joy of having that control of if I'm willing to do this, God will bless it so much just really, really, really started moving us in the right direction. So I love how you summed that up. Oh, I like that. I'm I'm writing a few things down because I just, I love the intentional decision. And I like the word you use, choice, that you establish a path, you choose a destination, and then you get busy on that path moving to that destination. And so I'm just writing down some notes because it's, it's important. And I want to make sure that we communicate that well. And, and I, and I'm glad that you brought that, that point up. Okay. So I want to, I want to transition again. And you know, it's so amazing because each of these topics, we could just, we could have an entire episode on each one of these topics. And that's why I want to come back and talk about just teaching opportunities, because I know there's so many here that we can talk about in your book. But one of the awesome things about this show is it gives us an opportunity to teach through your story. And so that's the next part and kind of the final pillar of this show is we talk about promise. You know, praise God that there's, I don't know, over 6,000 promises in the word of God. I want to ask you, as you reflect back, maybe as it relates to this, to these stories of faith and hope. When you look back at the different promises of God that are on your heart that you've learned in his word, is there a particular promise for your life that kind of raises its hand that was either a a cornerstone for you to move you through a season or it's one that's alive and well in your la- in your life right now and you see it at work? Absolutely, yes. I love how you use story to share insights and then let people see more into who somebody is and how we can live. Well, I love how the Bible does that. And sometimes they'll we'll get to see a story and learn a little bit more about the character of Jesus and just who he was and how he did things. And I love the story in, I think it's John chapter 21, where the disciples had fished all night and they hadn't caught anything. And Jesus comes to the shore and he hollers out, throw your nets over on the right side. And they throw their nets over and they just can't even pull it into the boat because it's overflowing. And the principle that that has taught me and has just really, really put wind in my sails with it is that God wants good for my marriage. His desire is for my marriage to be something good. When he got there, he didn't just tell the disciples, well, tough break, come on in and hope you feel better. He he wanted right. good for them. And so he, he his heart was so clear there. And I just have taken such comfort in the fact that he wants good for me. And he wants good for my marriage. And marriage is hard. You know, working on it's hard. There are so many times that you know you've been married for long enough, and I know that it just feels like it's out of our control. You know, if only my wife would do this, we would be happier. Or if only we wouldn't have to deal with that, we could have some more joy in this home. But God wants good for us. He doesn't want us to just be stuck in mediocrity. And that just is breathe such life into me. But then, going back to the pillar that you had a moment ago, he required the disciples to throw that net on the other side and have faith that he wouldn't let them down. He required them to put their wing on the plane, for them to, you know, 
do their action steps, and they did it. They trusted, they had faith, they picked them up, they went through the work, they hauled it in, and they threw it over, and then God blessed their faith and their action. And I've just taken that and applied it to my marriage. In the days that we're struggling, I reflect on those verses and reflect that Jesus wants good for me, he's got a plan for me, if I take my steps of action, he will bless them. Mm. Amen. That is good. <laughs> he doesn't he? I mean, does, Jesus wants you to throw out your net so he can fill it up, doesn't yes. he? Yes, yes he does. And that that chat that story there in John is such a good reminder because I think we overlook the principle within the story. Um and that is exactly that. Jesus is imploring us, throw it, throw it, throw it. And then when you throw it, trust me, trust me, trust me, watch me, watch me. And then he fills it up. So he gives it to us, not just with a few fish, but with a lot of fish. And it reminds me of Jesus's standard. I've come to give you life, but I've come to give it to you abundantly. Yes. And in all areas, and I'm not talking about just quantity of fish. I'm talking about quality, quantity, trust, um, action, faith, hope in all areas of our life. He wants it to be abundant because he's a big God. Yes. He is a big God. Well, thank you for sharing that, that story with us through that verse. Um, because it really is a promise that God wants to bless us. And, you know, bless nation, as I think about these stories that we've talked about with Phil, it's a reminder for me that we can look at the thousands of promises that are in the Bible. And it's evident that God wants to bless us. In fact, there's no one that wants to bless us more than God himself. And so I want you to think about that when you're looking at scripture for the next time and allow that to support you in your faith and in your hope as you rest on his promises. Bless Nation, you know, I hope so far you've enjoyed this conversation with Phil and myself and I'm I'm grateful that you're sharing this experience with us in the podcast. And I want to invite you to do something that we've just started to do. You know, if this podcast has been a regular means that has blessed you, that has supported you, that has come alongside you in your walk in Christ as you move down the path of your own blessed life, I want to give you an opportunity to support the show. And this is something I just started doing. So as you may or may not know, Your Blessed Life Ministries is actually a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Well, all that simply means is that when you support this ministry financially, your offerings are tax deductible. And that's a cool thing because I've had people tell me, whether it's on Facebook or email or in a review for the show, how much this show has helped them. And they're looking for a way to share back. And so if that's on your heart, I want to give you the opportunity to support this show financially. And the way you can do it is just go to our website. It's yourblesslife.com, yourblesslife.com, and you'll see a donate or a give button there. And you just click on that and, and you're welcome to give whatever's on your heart. So there's no requirement. It's just another opportunity, another way for you to support this show as we look to support you. So thank you in advance for your, for your generous support. So Phil, as we come and we, we kind of wrap up the show, 
we're going to go into this kind of a speed round as we talk about these nuggets of wisdom. And the reason I wrap it up with nuggets of wisdom is because one of my favorite reads in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. And I think because it's such a practical application type book that it, it allows me to have things that I can do that set me on a path, which is a perfect uh, kind of full circle to what you were saying a while ago. So I'm going to hit you with a couple of real short and quick questions. And I want to start with this one. Big or small, would you share with us just one thing that's on your heart right now that you are grateful and praising God for? Hmm. I'm grateful that he didn't give up on me, Jay. I I was a mess, and I still am. And I just sometimes have moments where I just look up and say, I don't understand why, but thank you for not giving up on me. My marriage should have been ruined. I, I should have absolutely been ruined. I ruined one marriage, actually. When I was 20 years old, I was divorced at 24, and then I was married again a number of years later to Shannon. And I should have ruined another one. And he decided, no, I'm going to start to turn your life around if you're willing. And so I'm just grateful that he gave me a second and a third and a fourth chance and he hasn't given up on me. Mm. Oh, you know, it makes me think about Phil is, you know, how many times do you forgive a brother or a sister? Mm. Seven times 77. And it's, I think it's the message from God. I'm not going to give up on you. I don't want you to give up on others because it's not the math. You know, it's not 490 times because that seven is that perfection. Mm -hmm. there, there is no number that we stop. And I think that's his way of saying what you just said. You are my son, Phil. You are my creation. I am never going to give up on you. Don't give up on me. That's right. Yeah, I love that. All right, well, I got another one for you. What is one way that you like to be a blessing to other people? Hmm. I like the element of surprise. And so probably my favorite way to be a blessing to other people is to somehow do something for them that they don't know about. And yeah. I love going kind of behind their back and and Shannon and I both do. And so that's probably my favorite way is if I can somehow meet a need or help some in some way their life be a little easier and they kind of didn't see it coming. I love that. I like that. It's like a surprise blessing. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, you know, you've alluded to several things that could be an answer to this, but I want to ask you directly, what is one thing that Phil Potts does on a regular basis to help strengthen his walk in Christ? Mm. I'm trying to stretch myself to continually remember to dream. A lot of people think that that's kind of a fanciful thing, if you will, but I've really grown so much, Jay, in taking a few moments to just imagine more in my life, in my walk with God, in my relationship with my children, in my marriage. And so God has taught me how to start dreaming bigger. And that is something that I didn't naturally do. Some people are good at that. I'm not. <laughs> and so God has taught me to start dreaming bigger and it's really started raising the ceiling of potential in my life when it comes to my relationship with him and my relationship with others and my relationship with my wife. And so that's probably what I would share. 
Oh, that's, you know, I think that's kind of like taking a personal inventory and looking beyond the five minutes that are in front of you because we're so busy with stuff and, and, and a, and a lot of it, maybe all of it is, is important stuff. But sometimes I think that stuff can blind us from dreaming in, in technicolor with a, with a bigger vision for what can be because our vision is so short-sighted because of what we're busy with. We don't ever step above the busyness and focus on what could be and have a bigger vision for that. So I love that, Phil. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, speaking of sharing, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to answer this question for you. Because, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and, and you'll, and you will thank me. Oh yeah. I, I'm kidding. After I say this. So my, the, my next question that I ask guests is about a Christ centered book. And what I'm going to answer for is I want to talk a little bit more about your book. So, you know, what I usually ask is a, is a book that is really resonating with you in your life in some area of your life, but guys, men that are listening to this, God has charged us to be the spiritual head of our home. God has charged us to lead our wives, to love our wives, to give of ourselves to our wives. And there are some certain things that we can do that will set our marriage up as a man to bless our marriage. I want you to look at Phil's book. It's called Habits of Heroic Husbands by Phil Potts. And it is meant for men to be a blessing to men and to their wives. So I want to encourage you to take a look at this book. I know I've enjoyed it, and I'm hopeful that Phil's going to come back on another time, and we'll even get to talk a few points about the book. So there's my there's my book question for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks, and it would be my pleasure. Can I share one other book? Sure, you bet. I have just been so blessed by a book called Love and War. Love and War by John and Stacy Eldridge. It's the couple that wrote it together, and Shannon and I have learned so much from it, and I highly recommend it. If you're wanting to take your marriage to the next level, pick that book up and read it. It's really helped us a great deal. Cool. You know, I haven't read that one, Phil. I, I've heard of it before, um, so I'm glad. And that's the first time that book has been recommended on the show. So I, I, I always, it gets my attention when I hear a new one. Um, so I look forward, I'm gonna look that one up myself. Hey, and, <laughs> cool. And you know what, Bless Nation, I want to, speaking of books, you know, I am an avid reader of books and I get the opportunity to meet some wonderful people that have written some great books. And sometimes I find I don't have enough hours in the day to read every book, but I do find enough hours in my day to maybe listen to them. So Bless Nation, I want to invite you to go to audibletrial.com slash blessed. It's audibletrial.com slash blessed. And when you go there, you can get a free audio book of your choice and plug that thing in your ears and listen to it on the go. And so I want to invite you to do that because it'll give you an opportunity to get maybe a couple of books, one in writing, you know, have a tangible copy and then maybe pick up an audio copy. So check that out, Bless Nation. Well, before I have you share the the best way for our listeners to get to connect with you and get to know more about you, Phil, I have one more question for you. And this is kind of a fun question. What has you most excited right now in your life? It can be about anything in your life. What's got you most pumped up? <laughs> oh, boy, that's a good one. Wow, what a loaded one. 
Shannon and I have talked a lot lately, Jay, about hope. And hmm. it's really surrounding a lot of what you do in your message here on this podcast. We've talked a lot about hope. We've had a difficult last couple of years just as far as family and life and struggles and with our boys being young and we've just been so, so, so fatigued and tired and we've just learned so much and we've grown closer together in that struggle so much. But we just have talked recently in the last couple of weeks about hope, about how even though, yes, we're walking through that valley, we've felt that valley, that God is with us in the valley, and that he is the God of our night and our day, and that day is coming. And so we are just trusting him and pressing on and putting one foot in front of the other as we walk through the valley, as we struggle to keep our eyes open and to love these boys the way that we want to love them and that God wants us to love them with the hope that he will be our strength, that he will restore us, and that he will bring us today. Tell you what, I think that goes so well, such a parallel, such an alignment to what you were saying a while ago, Phil, about uh, dreaming bigger and imagining more. When you put that alongside hope and you wrap that up together, that's a powerful combination. Amen. That's a powerful thing, man. Well, so we've talked about a lot of cool stuff and I've already put you on the spot. So I know we're going to talk again in the near future. But between now and that time, Phil, when folks hear this show and they're like, hey, you know, I'm going to check out Phil. How can they connect with you? How can they find Phil Potts? Absolutely. Well, if they want to learn more about what I've been doing and what we've been doing, I've put together actually a, a free little course. And I would love to put it in their hands and they can learn a little bit more about me and about our ministry and just watch these videos. It's just a video course, no obligation of any type whatsoever. And if you just go to renegadegentleman.com forward slash blessed, we've built a page for you there. That's renegadegentleman.com forward slash blessed. And for the first, oh, let's make it fun. For the first, how about 25 of your listeners, Jay, I'm going to include a couple other little gifts for them if they sign up and watch those videos and we'll make it a little competition and give them a few bonuses. So renegadegentleman.com forward slash blessed if they want to check out those videos. All right. That's cool. I just, I just jotted that down. I will be sure Phil and blessed nation to put that in the show notes, because I know if you guys are like me, you know, you're walking the dog, you're on the treadmill, you're driving the car, whatever, you know, I mean, that's one of the beauties about podcasts or audiobooks is you can take it on the fly. You can take it on the go. So I will put that on the show links, Bless, Bless Nation, um, and you can be able to go straight to that link that Phil mentioned. And thanks, Phil, for putting that together for us. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. And speaking of thanks, Phil, thanks so much. Thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing so much with us. Oh, I've enjoyed it, Jay. Thank you for what you do and keep up that good work. Well, likewise, back at you, brother. You, you keep up the good work there too. And I look forward to the next opportunity that we have to to get to connect. I do too. I do too. Amen. Well, Blessed Nation, I'm, I'm so grateful for our time together too, and I'm grateful for your tuning in to today's show. I'm grateful that I get to be your your guide and your host and and your coach as, as we guide you, as Phil and I both guide you down this episode of Your Blessed Life. And I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you listen to the show on iTunes, if you haven't subscribed to the show, I want to invite you to subscribe. It's just that purple button right next to the to the show link um, and if you've done that and you haven't 
rated and reviewed the show, I'd like to ask you to do that. Um, You just type in your blessed life into the iTunes search bar, and then you'll see the icon for the show. You click on that and you'll see the rate and review link. So thank you in advance for, for doing that. And uh, Bless Nation, I look forward to sharing the next episode with you. And until we get to connect again, I want to remind you that it's so important to know this as you go about the, the day-to-day stuff that makes up our life, that God loves you. He absolutely does. And he wants to bless you. He wants to fill your net up.